Welcome to the UK Consult Weekly Podcast with Jonathan Bradley and Elton Daddo, engagement practitioners and general consultation superheroes at Bang the Table in the UK. Hello and welcome to Jono and Elt's weekly ramble through all things online community engagement and public consultation. We are into week 13 and it's been a really special week for Bang the Table globally and in the UK. We're continuing to grow our UK Bang the Table team and we're delighted to welcome on board and a huge shout out to Charlotte or Charlie as she prefers to be known, Amos who joins us as a business development manager and all of our client partners will have the opportunity to meet Charlie at the next Coffee and a Cake Client Roundtable which is coming up in a few weeks time. Fantastic, big shout out to Charlie. Yeah, very very warm bang the table welcome. Yeah, welcome to the table. Now instead of or indeed as well as a joke this week Jono, I thought we could have a new feature. Now there's only so much anyone can take of our jokes and as one observer who shall remain nameless rightly pointed out on LinkedIn even after a dram of scotch the jokes are tough going and now we don't want to contribute to a surging global global alcoholism do we no <laughs> never so I thought just for a little change why don't we introduce <laughs> Bradley's bangers of the week whereby we name a track that's inspired us this week whether it's recent or old whatever it might be Oh, I like that. I was going to go for 1970s love songs. Right, okay. Because I'm looking at my Spotify. So I've had 1970s love songs going on. That's quite good. That was very good, actually. Any but, standout performers? Oh, just the usual suspects, really. Yeah. Let's have a quick look. Kenny Rogers, Bette Midler. Oh. Red. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's all going on. So you've just been playing those. You've had some smooth grooves going on whilst you've been working. Yeah. But actually, what I'm going to go for, what I'm going to recommend this week is the ambient space soundscapes that was recommended by our colleague Zane. Yes, Zane from the US. I saw he recommended that on our on our Slack feed. Um, yeah. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, I've had that going on in the background, and I think it's actually made me uh, smarter. Smarter, less grumpy, or that the same? A uh, little bit of an uptick on the uh, less grumpy scale. <laughs> well, that's good. So you'll only have one to choose from later instead of the usual 10 or 12, something like that. Yeah, I've got a few. <laughs> well, I've been going back through on Spotify as well. Um, all my old Charlatans albums, and I even made like a little Charlatans playlist. So I've been really oh. inspired by North Country Boy from there album in the 90s really reminded me of those days going to concerts when that was possible and seeing them at v festival brixton academy um yeah just been getting back right back into the old 90s i like that yeah brit pop type stuff so yeah i think you should share that in the blurb yeah i'll share north country ball in the blurb definitely yeah now, did you have a joke this week? I know we said we might replace the jokes with the bangers of the week, but um, there's still time for it, isn't there? I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, what I'd like to ask you, um, Elton, is what grades did the pirate get in his exams? Because it's A-level results day. So what grades did the pirate get in his exams? Um, seven, seven Cs. Uh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. That was so bad you didn't even get it. 
Yeah, because I think what confused me was, I was thinking, well, what exams? So I was thinking, if it was eight oh. levels, I've been thinking like, well, three, three, I just couldn't, yeah. Yeah, couldn't get my head. I didn't know whether we were talking, how many exams we were talking about. Otherwise, obviously, I'd have got it straight away. Yeah, it was my delivery, really. <laughs> no, it was very good, though. <laughs> I think mm. we're already contributing to global alcoholism as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is, isn't much better. It's better at all, actually. So my partner says I'm addicted to auctions, but she's wrong. I actually stopped after going once, going twice. That's so bad. Right, well, it's been another fantastic catch-up, and until next time. Until next time. (laughs) We'll just leave it there. Yeah. Now, on to more serious matters. Now, you did another fantastically contributed to Twitter poll around, what was it, wanted your views on the UK government's planning for the future public consultation. What's the update on that? Well, you know what? The update is I'm still very grumpy. Um, oh, no. And lots of people have actually been getting in touch with me and saying, is that it? Is that all they're going to do? They're, all, they're, 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 they're saying, is this real? Can it be true? Yeah. Um, so, you know, people are almost dazed by, um, you know, the, the lack of thinking that's gone into that public consultation. So I'm sure there's more. I'm still waiting for the planning minister to get in touch. Yeah. And what's the, what were the options again, and what are the current standings in terms of what people voted for? Well, the question was, wanted your views on the planning for the future. That's a hashtag, so you, yeah. you can actually follow this thread on Twitter. Um, other social media platforms are available. Um, what are your views on the hashtag planning for the future public consultation? And we had an enormous response. It's, it's We've had more responses to this opinion poll than any of our other polls so we've got oh, wow. a real, yeah we've got a real credible sample of 10 double That's figures double figures yeah so the options were people could say it was a fabulous approach yeah uh, back of a fag packet uh 1990s methodology or judicial review pending so coming on at the top of that list was judicial review pending with um five out of ten people saying that um they think this will end up in judicial review Wow. And, and the reason for that is if a, if a public body consults, they have to make sure it's a lawful consultation. So they have yep. to abide by the gunning principles. And I guess what people are saying here is that this is a big deal because there's lots of changes to planning. And uh, I think they're going to be lining up to say, well, let's, you know, let's um, let's have a look at this consultation. Let's judge it by the gunning principles and let's see if we want to take the government to court. Yeah, which may well happen on the back of this. Well. Yeah, it may well happen. Now, they do still have time to do a significant U-turn on this, do they? I think so. I think I think you're right, Elton. I think what they'll do is they'll have a look at it and they'll introduce some different methodologies. They'll change their approach to the online aspects of it, do it properly, make sure it's not hashtag not another survey. There is time. There is time to rescue it. But we'll have to see. Interestingly, one, one in ten people think it was a fabulous approach. Now, I just think they're being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, but I guess, again, you can't drill down and look at the individual respondents to, no. to establish whether or not that might have been, you know, someone just saying it as a joke or something like that yeah. as well. That's why what we really need is off these polls is to do some online forums. Yeah. 
or yeah. possibly an ideas board to actually say, well, if that consultation's not very good, what are your ideas for planning for the future? Yeah, I think that would be really valuable. And I know last week for me, and it's a completely different subject, was a Meldrew moment around that um, ice lolly pole. Um, yeah. But YouGov have since then had such a groundswell of backlash from the public about whether or not magnums and feasts should have been included in that poll that they actually did another survey on it and then they analysed the data a little bit in a little bit more depth to look at demographics. So what percentage of people were over 50 who said that and things like that. So actually it was quite a good way of following up on it because they, they did actually take notice of the fact that people were objecting to the options that were there and then did take some some sort of positive steps to report further on it and do another poll yeah. um, on the back of that. So maybe that's something that with a groundswell of opinion, hopefully the government's planning for the future public consultation will go ahead in the right manner yeah that's i i think i hope so i think i think you were probably instrumental in the yougov u-turn or whatever it was. well it was more of closing the loop wasn't it so when we talk about public consultation we're always hot on the fact that the, at the end of the consultation you feed back to people you close the loop it's yeah fun. so on engagement hq we have an inbuilt um newsletter function e uh, e, e newsletter electronic newsletter um, that sounds a bit old hat, doesn't it? Electronic newsletter. <laughs> That's what it is. And um, and you can close the loop. So you can get back to people and said, uh, you said we did, you said we couldn't do, you know, that sort of thing. So I think actually well done, YouGov, for actually recognising the backlash, closing the loop with a follow-up. Very and good. taking some more decisive action. And I know a number of our clients use that newsletter feed or a video-based tool to feedback as well. So yeah. it'll actually be a video of them talking about what the findings were, um, either with um, other decision makers within the client base or anything like that. So, yeah, there's a number of ways you can do that, obviously, with, with Engagement HQ and feedback either in word form um, or also video format, which we know a lot of people respond to um, more positively as well. Yeah, videos. Yeah. I mean, that's basically how people, that, you know, gosh, we don't need to tell people this, but that's really how people use the internet, you know, move, yeah. away, move away from text to uh, video content and then social media platforms, their algorithms promote the sharing of videos. So if you want yeah. to, if you want to engage people and you want, you know, you want more people involved, then that video content is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and talking of really really neat kind of video and imagery designs so you set me the letter g which was gardening now i didn't have any responses from alan titchmarsh or other famous gardeners like monty dom and i am going to name them because they haven't responded to me about <laughs> it so they so like monty dom and alan titchmarsh have tuned into the podcast and not replied they tuned in, not replied, not responded to anything I put on Twitter or any sort of personal request that I did, just to say, what are your views on community engagement in the arena of um, gardening and the design of community gardens and all those sorts of things? Absolutely nothing. So I was left to do my own research without any professional help, <laughs> which is never a good thing. But what I'll do is I'll do a screen share with you because we'll do this as a Judge Jono. I'll Ooh. obviously then put it up in the blurb so that our wow. listeners can what I'm referring to as well oh, so I look at this before this is like this is no, I know. live screen share what I'll yeah. probably do is accidentally stop the recording or something else will happen I'll keep an eye on the recording button still on. 
<laughs> keep an eye on it we're old school um so i looked at urban growth learning gardens which is a social enterprise in london that improves londoners well-being by collaborating with them to create and maintain beautiful biodiverse spaces oh, um, it's really good so what i'll do is i'll do a screen share and then we'll do this as a judge jono and i can walk you through the key aspects of their site and the community engagement parts of that as well so you should be able to see oh, on your screen yeah a fantastically presented and visual website for urban growth and it's got loads of different sections around planting trees for the future and they focus on three really key areas of well-being engagement and environment yeah really really good icons they've got sliders on the website as i say it'll be in the blurb so you can just click on it and have a look and then they've got a map down here so that you can see where the kind yeah. of local things are going on they've got their own blog which has got loads of stuff in there and then testimonials as well so i thought oh this is really good they're going to be really really hot on the community engagement front so i i kind of gave them a you might judge it differently but i gave them a kind of 10 out of 10 for their website look and feel and design yeah, so i thought right why not go up here look at these drop downs how can i get involved now obviously you want to get involved face to face and support with with transforming gardens and things like that as well so i went to the community outreach and engagement section here you were getting excited at this point weren't you yeah i'm really excited so like how can i how can i get involved or share my ideas and stories about the, the things i do in in an urban setting for example um in terms of gardening and what they've done here is they've outlined that they provide a range of opportunities to people with, to engage with nature on their doorstep, chances to learn about and meet new people in the community. So really, really positive social enterprise that they're outlining. And then they've got a load of different initiatives that they've undertaken down here, as you can see with all these tiles. So again, really neatly laid out. Looks At like the bottom, the sites are so nicely laid out. Yeah, yeah, it, do, it does look like the new homepage editor oh, in, in Engagement yeah. HQ. Very much so. Um, they've got a Twitter feed embedded to keep yeah. people informed there. A number of other ways in which you can follow them across other social media platforms as well. Yeah. And then a GDPR notice, which is always good. Always good. And then I've got all these tiles here. So I think, right, let's have a look at this Westminster Council Bowl project. And it's got, again, loads of photos and descriptions and things like that. But all I can do in terms of engaging on their site is to leave a comment and then a uh, name email address and website wow. and that follows suit across all of their projects oh, no. and what's on their home page again if, if i think it was like really pronounced engagement wasn't it yes yeah yeah it was the middle one so it's well-being engagement and environment were the three main things wow. and then find out more so you think yeah here we go and then it tells you a lot about what we do. I love those little flipped tiles. Yeah, they're nice, aren't they? Those flippy tiles. Really good. Maybe we should take some of these ideas back, actually. It's a really, yeah. really good, really good site. And then it's got links to community groups, um, housing providers, local government, that sort of thing. So if I click on community groups, it takes me in. The way I saw it was obviously extremely visual, but it's more them telling us stories about what they do yeah other than us being able to share our stories with so all these people on your screen here getting involved how can they then share their stories on this site with other people who have been involved in one of these projects that was the only thing yeah i was thinking about so what does judge john make of their approach overall based on what you've seen visually great when you look under the under the bonnet 
I'm quite disappointed. Oh, but, no. But it's a lovely uh, concept. Um, yes. Clearly trying hard. I think in what I think what they need is some rehab. And uh, <laughs> I think, Elton, you need to get in touch with them this week and see if we can offer, get an engagement HQ. Yeah, I am going to get in contact with them using this very button up here to contact. Yeah. So I will do that following yeah. on from this. Yeah, so then we don't even need to pass judgment. Then we can just say, oh, you're doing a great job on your website, but how about actually doing the engagement properly? And here's how you can do it. Here's how you might do that to get some of these people that we can see happily pictured in here um, yeah. to get involved online as well as obviously the face-to-face -face stuff that they're doing. Now, that if they listen to the podcast, they might actually need rehab for alcoholism as well if they hear the jokes they as will. well as their community, yeah. their digital approach. They will, actually. <laughs> so there'll be two forms of rehab for them. Well so, yeah, that was, that was my gardening findings. Oh, well done. Yeah, it's good. that's good. You're doing well, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't research anything for this. No. <laughs> Hold on, I've just got off my chair because I, I need to get um, Carol E. Wire's book out, don't I? Oh, yeah, 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 for the letter H this hey, week. I've done it now. I'm back again, back in the room. Now, did you have any project launches in Engagement HQ highlights of the week? Not necessarily project launches, but I've noticed that, and we're getting more inquiries and more people setting up projects for citizens panels brilliant in the next sort of weeks and months it'll be really interesting to talk a little bit more about that on here because you know obviously citizens panels getting a representative sample of local people and getting them all to collaborate deliberate online is is fantastic and as is, is, you know it's going to be a great case study for how yeah. you can get people to consider difficult issues like um, how we deal with climate change, for example, and how they are willing to participate in, in our discussion forums, or share ideas on ideas boards, you know, obviously at some point take part in a, in a survey, but, you know, having that whole ability to turn dialogue tools on and off with a representative sample of people on a citizens panel, that'd be quite fascinating to see how that all plays out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and what we've seen is a real increase in uh, interest in citizens' panels, as well as citizens' assemblies. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So there's a local government doing this and quite a few NHS clients as well. So rather than just having a, a survey, a random survey of people, they're actually trying to get more sort of in-depth, more deliberative approaches to, to decision-making. So it'll be good to see how that goes. This is going to make me sound, this is going to make me grumpy, actually. About 20 years ago, can't be that long, can it, Elton? But it feels that long. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I used to work for a market research company called BMG Research. Other research companies are available. And we used to manage a lot of citizens' panels for local government. And uh, then they went out of fashion. And now, yeah. now they're coming back in again. Well, that's good to see. And yeah. again, that might be precipitated by the, um, the coronavirus as well. Yeah, but interestingly, they were they were paper based mainly at the time. So you would you would send people a survey in the post, and that's all you could do. Um, and you yeah. might do some focus groups. But now, with an online methodology, you can actually really keep all those people engaged over over a long period of time. So it'd be good to uh, to see what comes out of that. We'll do some research. We'll publish some case studies, yeah. and we'll share that with uh, with all of our thousands of listeners. It's an evolution over that 20-year period as part of our ongoing revolution, isn't it?
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a new approach to something that's been done before. What you have to avoid then, though, is being grumpy and saying, oh, I've been, been there, done that, won't, won't work. You have to be powerful. Yeah, you can't take that baggage from the approach 20 years ago into the approach that's taking place now because no. otherwise you won't approach it in the right way and the outcomes will all automatically be shaded with grumpiness. Yeah. And obviously 20 years ago, I was, well, I must have been doing my GCSEs or something like that. I can't really remember now. <laughs> or maybe not. It makes me more grumpy now. <laughs> no, I'm just lying. <laughs> but it, actually, one, one of the things you should do is approach everything as if it's a surprise, like a unique experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. with a clean slate. It's the old Ring Gigs philosophy. Yeah. Won the league, celebrated for one night. Following day, wipe the slate clean. We start again as if we've achieved nothing. And yeah. that's a really good, fresh way to approach anything like that. I think. I think so. And good way to approach failure and success. And then you're not tainted by any sort of yeah. baggage or complacency about your approach or anything like that. So yeah. And you made it all the way into how long have we been on now? About twenty minutes before you mentioned football. <laughs> I did quite well, yeah, and it wasn't about Leeds United because I know Matt started listening a little bit more actively now, so I'm steering yeah. clear of that. Plus, they're doing quite well, aren't they? I mean, it's the best they've yeah. done for a long time, so I can't get too grumpy yet. Um, I'm but I did following Leeds United next uh, season. Be interesting. Yeah, it's always good to see how the promoted teams do. Whether they do that big yo-yo thing and just keep. Oh, you said flying. it again. You said it. <laughs> No, I said whether that, I, I said promoted teams, not just that promoted team. If Matt's tuning in again, that I didn't encourage this behaviour. <laughs> so his spate of alcoholism will span from the joke section at the start all the way through to the Leeds United chat. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> he's going to be a very grumpy man. Now, I did have, and I'll just go over this reasonably briefly, but Sussex Health and Care Partnership launched. Yeah, they're coming on well, aren't they? Really good. Again, a really, really nicely designed site for their project around the future of Eastbourne Station Health Centre. They've outlined it with some pictures, some important links. They've used a documents widget. And they've got a couple of key dates coming up, which they've called Digital Public Events. I love the names of those. Yeah. To discuss the future of Eastbourne Station and health centre and then a load of FAQs to help people help themselves to any any particular questions they might want answering and then a who's listening section as well in terms of the deep engagement tools they want to draw people's stories out so if if people have attended the walk-in centre at Eastbourne train station within the last 12 months tell us about your experience really simple open free form for anyone to upload a picture and tell a story about um, their experience of visiting that centre They've also got a quick poll, which was if you needed healthcare during COVID-19 and usually use the walk-in centre, where did you go instead? Really important information that they can get from that around whether it, people went to a GP practice, local pharmacy, didn't do anything or just did self-care or A&E, for example. And then a Q&A session as well. Oh, I like that. Yeah which is just which they call your space to ask any questions about the consultation the proposal or what we have undertaken to date so a really really good neat consultation with a good opportunity for people to get involved and stay informed so i'll put that in the blurb yeah it was a good one to see yeah it's a nice example that is. and we've got more and more sites coming online for uh, health and social care so it's going to be great to talk about more and more of these as we uh, we go through the year yeah Absolutely. We'll be spoilt for choice across across that and obviously a number of other sectors, some of yeah. which we can't even announce just yet. But, right. you know, 
getting there. We're getting there. We're nearly, nearly able to announce a whole raft of new exciting yeah. things. And, and yeah, we the burden of carrying a secret, Elton. I know it's horrible, isn't it? I don't sleep, but that might be the heat. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, did you have any stats of the week? I did actually. Go for it. I've got two. So my stat of the week. What I did was this week something different. I went for nine out of ten. So I just had a look about all the stats about nine out of ten because we got ten responses to our poll. So nine out of ten. And what you've got is uh, nine out of ten hotel rooms in Brussels are empty. So that's not yeah. good. Uh, nine out of ten trains are on time for five months in a row for ScotRail. So that, well done, ScotRail. Yeah. And nine out of ten parents back the full reopening of schools next month according to one newspaper. And there you go. So, yeah, just a few examples of nine out of tens this week. And nine out of ten Leeds fans think they'll be relegated by Christmas. Was that one? Yeah, or? yeah that's in yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, you forgot to mention that. I thought I'd just yeah. put it well, in. Well put, that album. Um, <laughs> and my other one is the number 107. Recently, we out for a walk and um, got stopped by a farmer. And he said, oh, you might want to just... Um, jump over that gate and get out of the way because any minute now 107 cows are coming around the corner <laughs> is that what you put on Twitter? yeah and it, yeah. Oh, i've given out the answer haven't i but how, how specific was that that's really specific but not just say a lot of cows or even two yeah. would be enough to make me kind of scarper but yeah. there's exactly 107 yeah <laughs> Well, I'm going to respond to your Twitter post now and look really, really smug because obviously this yeah. podcast won't have gone out and I'll just go, oh, it looks like 107 to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's inside. A, that's like inside a trading, isn't it? That's really good. Yeah, because it's before the, the sort of airing of the podcast. So, yeah. yeah, I've got that insider information. Yeah. Now, now, mine, I'm just looking at it now and thinking, oh, this is going to make you really grumpy. So I went to your normal pollsters and others are available, which was Ipsos Mori. And, and I came up with the stat, well, I didn't, <laughs> the stat 50%. And this was relating to coronavirus vaccines, but I think it's going to make you really unhappy. So 50% is the number of people who said they'd be certain or very likely to get a vaccine against coronavirus. Oh, what? 50% aren't? 50% aren't, or aren't sure. And one in six say they're very unlikely to or definitely won't. Oh, no. What's going on? We go on about this a lot about the, you know, fake news and the destructive uh, impact that big technology can have on public discourse. Because, yeah. I mean, you just said it. I've not looked into this issue in detail, but it sounds like what, you know, what's happening is people are like going on Facebook, going on Twitter and, and they're going like, no, not into this vaccine stuff. It's going to be yeah. really bad for me. It's like conspiracy. There's, there's no real engagement around the vaccine, therefore. You know, there's no there needs to be a proper sort of public consultation about the importance of the vaccine well yeah very grumpy already well you have hit the nail on the head because i was just going to read a brief quote from um professor bobby duffy who's director of the policy institute at king's college london i've actually met him so yeah Shout all out. right yeah yeah um now what you said there what do we say every week about the importance of giving communities and the public accurate access to information away from the glare of social media we say yeah. it all the time now he cited specifically and obviously we use engagement hq to ensure 
and our clients can ensure that they give accurate access to information out. So that the reason why these stats are like this isn't just because people are saying, well, I can't be bothered with that. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. It's misperceptions about vaccines, which are apparently, well, according to him, most directly damaging beliefs. And they're clearly influencing people's intentions. So while one in six in the UK say they're unlikely to or won't get a potential vaccine, this rises to around a third or more among certain groups with a clear link to belief in conspiracy theories and mistrust of government, authority and science. Yeah. Yeah. Because of what they're reading. And what is it? We need 80% of people to be immune, to reach herd immunity, whatever it was. So that, uh, yeah. one in six, that's not far off, Elton. Yeah. That's, you know, that's 17% of people not going to do the vaccine. You're getting close to the vaccination. Not, you know, is it going to be effective? Yeah. And that's one in six saying unlikely or definitely won't. Yeah. But there's a five in that six of that. Well, only only three of those definitely would. So what the other two might not. So you only need a few of them. And then, like you say, you're below that threshold. So what I'd like to say is more, um, more local consultation from local government actually doing some proper public engagement campaigns get people talking about vaccination the importance of it let them express their concerns but enable them to deliberate online in a yeah. environment rather than relying on fake news yeah relying on the twitter sphere which is never yeah. never a good idea no. now did you have i mean that might that could have been a meldrew moment actually but did you have a meldrew moment this week I've got a couple that aren't work-related, but one that is. So the, the non-work-related ones, well, my first grumpy moment is grass seed. Mm. You just like willy-nilly accidentally drop some grass seed like on concrete, it grows. Yeah. It comes out yeah. somewhere, doesn't it? But yeah. if you actually prepare your lawn like I've done, because um, <laughs> it's been scorched by one of the dogs, so I prepared it properly, <laughs> got rid of the old grass, raked up the soil, got it all ready, put grass yeah. seed on, and it's just there staring at me still nothing but i know that if i'd have just dropped that on the pavement grass oh out. yeah it'd come through everywhere or it will come up and then about a month later it just dies those patches that you planted just die off again no yeah. reason even so though that, you water that, that was wrong and then the other one was what happened when we tried to do the podcast this morning and i went on to google meet and other platforms are available <laughs> um, and i got a 504 error and we were talking about it before. Why is it telling me that? It, it doesn't make any sense. How am I meant to know? I mean, we know what a 504 error is because we are uh, working in the area of civic technology. However, yeah. what most people would be like, 504. And, and, that, and that's the whole problem with me and technology, the lack of engagement with, with the people. So somewhere, yeah. somewhere yeah, someone decided that, oh, yeah, if, if, if like a web link doesn't work, what should we put up? Not, oh, this web link isn't working for these reasons. No, yeah. 504. It's it could like, be, they put anything in there. It's just like oh, 607 something. People just think, oh, that must be serious. Yeah. Don't know what it means. Yeah. And this, this comes down to technology generally, the lack of public engagement in the way the internet works, uh, what's good about it, how algorithms work, all that yeah. stuff. It's a big subject, actually. We could get into, we should probably get someone on here to talk about that public engagement in algorithms and artificial intelligence otherwise things just happen to us without us without us ever really thinking about it right? yeah and we always think that as, oh it must be really important and there must be a good reason for it so i'll just accept it yeah no one's ever asked me if i wanted a smartphone 
And in fact, now you've got no choice. You go to the phone shop and, you, you know, if you want just like a phone with big buttons on and nothing else, you'd be hard pressed to get one. They'd just say, yeah. oh, no, get this bundle and have a big and have a smartphone and get all these notifications interrupting your life. And there's been no discussion. Yeah. Oh, now that's made me quite grumpy now. Yeah. What if I just wanted to go in and get a Nokia 3310? Yeah. That's all I wanted. That's all you wanted. You can't have it. No. So, um, but the work-related one, I'm not grumpy, but the people, some people in Blackburn are grumpy because they think oh. their new cycle lane is insane, say residents. And that, according to the Lancashire Telegraph, um, and they are saying that there was the, the, the residents and businesses were not consulted when Wendley Road's on-street parking was moved from one side of the road to the other without warning, and it was replaced with a walking and cycle route, which has been painted, um, and residents can, can no longer park there. So they're saying that there's been a lack of consultation. Yeah. They're quite grumpy about that, but in terms of online engagement and all those things, we're seeing that we've got some really good examples of local authorities doing public consultation on, you know, safer streets. We're actually going to sort of like publish some more detailed information on that in the next few weeks. So it was interesting yeah. to see that the people of Blackburn on Wensley Road are grumpy because they feel that they weren't consulted about this change it's almost just someone going out in the middle of the night like a banksy and just painting stuff randomly and saying there you go get on with it That's yeah good yeah so oh, yeah they're probably very grumpy in fact we can put it in the blurb and you, there's a picture of someone being grumpy yeah yeah if you've got a link send it to me and i'll, I'll include that in the blurb it's just a really really grumpy picture now mine wasn't quite as serious as that, not quite as serious as cycle lanes in Blackburn, but I'm quite grumpy about the heat wave because it's it's been not just from a climate change perspective, uh, I think it's a record now. So it's six days in a row of 33 degrees plus here at the moment. And why it's making me grumpy is I'm pretty bored of getting up every day and dressing as though I'm about to take centre court stage at Wimbledon. So I have like wet bands on. I like oh, oh my white need to wash my white t shirts and rotate them again. Um white shorts and stuff like that. And it's like all I'm doing is just sitting in front of Zoom or other of video conferencing platforms. Completely oh, static. <laughs> completely static, sweating buckets for hours every day. And obviously it looks lovely outside technically, but you can't really enjoy it. I mean even if even if I wasn't working, I was, you know you still wouldn't really be able to enjoy it because it's just too hot. So yeah, that was that was the thing. So it's like getting getting dressed ready every morning and thinking, oh, I'm going to be doing some exercise today. No, I'm not. I'm going to be going downstairs and sitting in the same place for eight yeah. hours. No, it's not, it's not right, is it? And and the Met Office have just seems like they've given up on forecasting. They're just saying, oh, it's been sunny for that long. It must rain tomorrow. So they're yeah. just they're just saying it. There's, there's no real science behind it anymore. It's like, oh, let's just say it's going to rain. And then you get up and it's sunny and there's no rain. Yeah, and it was supposed to be all night storms. There was nothing. We started yeah. this podcast at 11 a.m. today. It was a 98% chance of um, thunder and showers at that time. It's now 11.47. Nothing. No. I think, <laughs> I think they're just saying, it's just like, oh, what, what's going on? Let's just, just forecast rain. It's a safe bet. And then it's yeah. not happening. Oh, yeah, so he's making me slightly grumpy. But I, wonder, I wonder how much public consultation the Met Office do. That'd be interesting. 
That's a lot of M, isn't it? We're not nowhere near that yet. Yeah, we could be M or weather. We could leave it till further down the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or rain. <laughs> rain, yeah. Let's bring it forward. <laughs> oh, no, actually, on that subject, it's the letter H this week. You could tie that into heat wave. And, well, it might not be in, in Carol E. Wire's book. book. It's not in the book. Is it that time already? It is. Yeah, unless you've got any other Meldrew moments. Uh, no, I was just going to give a bit of a shout out to our friends at the Consultation Institute, who have yep. an amazing course on the law of uh, public consultation. And Brilliant. Why I mention it is because they've finally put it online. So I'd like to encourage people who are who work in this area to um, to go and have a look and, and, and maybe you know have a go and take that course because as a country in the UK we probably have one of the most regulated fields of expertise in public consultation and members yeah. of the public are you know carry quite a lot of power if they understand their rights to challenge public consultation undertaken by a public body. So that yeah. course is available online. And that's um, you can if you search the consultation institute, you'll find it. Brilliant. So, yeah. So the letter H, homing pigeons. <laughs> so how much public consultation is there involved with pigeons and homing pigeons? <laughs> so if, oh, no. if, for example, I decided I was going to put um, a, is it a pigeon coop? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. It? In yeah. my garden, do, do I need to undertake consultation with my neighbours? If, if, if you're going to race pigeons, do they have to consult their members? Do they have to consult people on the route of the pigeons? There's loads in there, Alton, really. I think you can really go on. <laughs> it's going to be really tough. But there is a pigeon coop in one of my neighbours. Okay, well, doves, but that we can, you know, that's more or less the same, surely. Um, well, in one of my neighbours. All the pigeon enthusiasts out there. <laughs> Okay, we'll stick with home. I can't believe he said the dove was the same as a pigeon. <laughs> it's not. You had to edit that out. They make different noises, I think, slightly different noises. There must be other differences. I'll, I'll research it and uh, I'll get back to you next week. That yeah. sounds like a thoroughly fascinating um, endeavour. Yeah, thanks to Carol E. Wire. Thank you, Carol Elizabeth Wire. Yeah, good to catch up as always. And until next time. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.